Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are thankful to be two RV industry veterans. And thankful to travel part-time. In a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. And lots of discounts this week. Lots of discounts we want to talk about this week because it's Thanksgiving and so that means it's Black Friday weekend. Absolutely. And Cyber Monday weekend. Yeah, all of those those crazy things. But before we go on, there have been so many people who have shared that they absolutely really dislike their RV oven. And I'm going to (laughs) kind of offer this because we've used the heck out of ours and we have friends who have used the heck out of theirs. In fact, if you look around on our website, there is a recipe for RV oven pulled pork from our good friend, Manya, who we're not spending Thanksgiving with this year, sadly. I know, right? (laughs) What a bummer. But there are really two main sizes of rv ovens and if you read my daily rv reviews at dresslesscamping.com you will see that often i complain about what i call the 16 inch rv oven and that's a vertical dimension and it is a very low height oven that's really not good for much more than maybe cookies or really flat things and the unfortunate thing is also because that's such a small space it has real hot spots. It's terrible. <laughs> Companies like Rockwood, Cougar, a few others use the larger 22-inch oven, which is a very, very usable space. I mean, it's smaller than the oven you likely have if you have a house, but it's certainly a usable space. And I mean, when you're looking at RVs, look at the size of the oven. If you do have plans to use one, look for one with a 22-inch oven because it actually does work well and it kind of doesn't matter which brand. It's just a big enough space. Honestly, I wish RV companies would either offer just the 22-inch oven because it's pretty effective or offer no oven because that 16-inch oven is worthless. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. And it frustrates me. And one of the things that or one of the places that I see those 16-inch ovens all the time is in bunk houses and toy haulers where you're going to have quite a few yeah, people. You're going to have all these people and you're not going to be able to cook for them. Now, granted, chances are you're going outside or you're barbecuing or grilling or things like that. So then why are you paying for an expensive oven? Because they are not cheap to buy. Where you could just have some storage space instead and not have an oven at all. So if you are shopping for an RV, look at that. And then if you see the 16 inch oven, and I guarantee you, you will let the RV dealer know that it's worthless. You'd rather see either no oven or the larger oven. Yeah. Simple. And if you do have a large RV oven and you are camping for Thanksgiving and you're, well, you've already got your menu. We say this every year. (laughs) 
<laughs> we should maybe think about doing this a week early. No. <laughs> but we have some great recipes that don't have to be served at Thanksgiving. So maybe there's some ideas for you for the next camping trip, the next couple of months. But we like to have guests come on and tell us about some of their favorite Thanksgiving traditions or traditional menu items or untraditional menu yeah. items. And a lot of these kind of dinners seem to use the oven. So we try to explore some different kind of ways of cooking things as well. So yes. let's take a little break and then we will come back with some menu items. Yeah. How would you like to give a gift to somebody that's over 4,000 gifts? What? Yeah. Well, Harvest Host, which is a service that we use a lot, right. now also owns Boondockers Welcome. And there are over 4,000 unique overnight places you can stay with a Harvest Host membership. Right. There's like farms and wineries and museums and churches. Those are Harvest Host sites. And then there's also private properties. People like us, Tony and I, <laughs> <laughs> who have Boondockers Welcome locations. So add it up. You get about 4,000 places. And... Right now, because, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Harvest Host is offering 30% off the first year of new membership and something new, they now have gift certificates. So if you are looking for the perfect gift for maybe even a new RVer who plans to do a lot of traveling this year, consider a Harvest Host or Boondockers Welcome membership and you can receive that 30% off new membership even on gift certificates that is pretty awesome we really enjoy harvest hosts and boondockers welcome if you look through our blogs on stresslesscamping.com there are a few times where we have had just incredible experiences thanks to our membership so it's not just saving money on camping although it's saving money on camping <laughs> But there are some incredible experiences there yes. as well. And those are priceless. So something to think about, a Harvest Hosts membership, gift certificate for that. And one for you and one for a friend. Yeah, save some money. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner and... Turkey dinner. Oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of turkey dinner, chances are you may be listening to this on your way to celebrate with your favorite people or you've already done so and you're experiencing... A tryptophan kind of <laughs> haze. But either way, once again, we're looking at some favorite things that we might find on the Thanksgiving table or anywhere during the holidays or anytime. Right. And again, we have elicited some of our favorite RVers to help us with these recipes. Right. So this year we spoke to our niece, Sarah. And she has a recipe that I am so looking forward to eating yeah, on Thursday. By the, by the time you're listening to this, we will be at Peggy's mom's house eating the thing that Sarah is making. So Sarah is what I consider part of Gen 4 of the Girl Camper family, of my family, my grandmother, my mom and her sisters, myself and my siblings and cousins, and now Sarah and her siblings and cousins are all campers. And Sarah knows her way around a campfire. And I've seen her cook some stuff on a campfire <laughs> that I would be not willing to try. Yeah. Let's hear what she has for us today. 
So Sarah, what you got for us this year? I'm going to bring cheesy Brussels sprout bacon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So it's a mouthful and it's going to be a mouthful. It's going to be delicious. going to be a stomach full. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, what's better than bacon and cheese on vegetables? It makes them so much better. Yeah, right? it makes vegetables right. tolerable. <laughs> Tell us how you're going to make that. Well, you'll start with your cast iron. I start cold cast iron because it makes your bacon cook more even. Just so really interesting. There is a cast iron. We already learned something. Yeah. If you put your bacon in a cold cast iron and then put it on the heat, it'll actually make your bacon cook like faster and more even. So you don't get those spots where like the fat still hasn't cooked because it doesn't like seize it. That's what happens, and that's why it pops, too. This will prevent popping while the bacon cooks. Good to know. Start with cooking your bacon, and then you'll get shallots and your garlic and your Brussels sprouts all chopped up and cleaned and nice and ready. So when your bacon is done, you'll take that out of the pan. And I like to remove the bacon grease just because bacon grease burns really fast. Uh And then I'll put butter in there instead (laughs) to cook down the Brussels sprouts and your garlic and your shallot. Now this is in the same cast iron that you yep. have the bacon All in. Yep. Yep. Okay. One pan, easy dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Takes about 15 minutes and you want to make sure you're stirring it too, just so your Brussels sprouts don't burn to the bottom. And you're doing all of this over indirect heat. If you're doing it on a fire, like if you're doing it like on an open fire, mm-hmm. you want to keep the heat. Okay. But if you're doing it like on a stove top, like medium heat, okay, hot enough, but not burning. Right. Cooking those Brussels sprouts takes about 15 minutes, then they'll be done. You'll take them off the heat and add your heavy cream in and your cheese. I like to use Gouda, but you can oh, really use This sounds so good. It's totally up to you, whatever kind of cheese you want to use, but you'll add your cheese and your heavy cream. You'll give that a nice stir. You can take your bacon. That's all nice and crumbly cooked up now and toss it on top and then if you're fancy you'll have a cover for your cast iron (laughs) you'll have tin foil (laughs) and you'll put that on top and then back on the fire for like 10 minutes just to get that cheese melted and the heavy cream to thicken up nice and good pull it out set for a couple minutes and Eat it on up because it's going to be so good. It's yeah, gonna be so it good. sounds oh, great. <laughs> so you could keep that on the stovetop. You don't have to put that in the oven even for that last 10 minutes, right? You could. Yeah, you could just keep it right on there just to get it back up to the bubbling. If I'm cooking it at home, I put it in the oven and I put it on broil too just to get that mm. nice little crust on yeah. it. But if you're doing on a fire, obviously it's kind of hard to get that royal. (laughs) Yeah, when you turn it upside down, it all comes out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You might have a little bit of a mess. But yeah, super easy. You could do it on anything really, you know. Yeah. Camper, stovetop, fire, regular oven and stove. Super, super versatile. I love that. That's excellent and sounds super delicious and all ingredients that I love. Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially because bacon and cheese and cream and butter all make Brussels sprouts better. Right. (laughs) People who don't like Brussels sprouts, you're going to at least want to try it and probably like Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Yeah, this might be their introduction to actually starting to eat them in other ways. (laughs) (laughs) Great thing about them, though, is they taste like what you cook them in. So, because they have no like taste to them, really. So, true. You know, yeah. I feel like you can really 
whatever you cook your stuff in, it's going to taste like it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And who wants, who doesn't like stuff that tastes like bacon and cream and butter (laughs) and cheese? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Well, that sounds delicious. And I can't wait to dig into that on Thursday. Oh, yeah. And of course, to see you and all the family, of course. Yeah. Yes. I'm super excited. I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in four or five years. So this will be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. (laughs) Then I guess we will see you Thursday. Have a safe drive. And thanks for sharing this awesome recipe. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me on. Always. (laughs) All right, kiddo. Talk to you later. Bye, you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. We are speaking to our friend Michael, who is a heck of a good cook and a great camper. (laughs) And as always, we are asking for help with Thanksgiving idea recipes that are good, whether you're celebrating in your sticks and bricks or whether you're celebrating in camp. Michael, thank you for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for asking me. I asked you to share a recipe that you taught me years and years and years ago. And I've hardly made it since, but <laughs> but I always think about it every Thanksgiving. What do you call it? I mean, it's probably not like a specific name, I but... <laughs> don't call it anything other than yam and squash casserole. Okay, yam and squash casserole. So that's great. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you give us kind of a basic idea of what goes in a yam and squash casserole and... We can talk about making it, you know, regular at home sticks and bricks, and then we'll transfer that to camping. Okay, so to start with, I wanted an alternative to that sickly, sweet, candied yam, melted marshmallow cup that people make. Yeah. Something with a lot less sugar, but still a lot of flavor. And I came upon the idea of cubing up a winter squash, so butternut, acorn, any kind of winter squash, Uh peel it, cube it. And I cube the cubes about an inch and a half ish or like chunks. They don't have to be exactly cubes. Right. And then I take, and it depends on how many people I'm feeding, how much I use, but let's say one acorn squash and one very large yam or two smaller yams. Okay. And they would also be peeled and cubed, but they're going to be one inch instead of one and a half inches because they, take longer to cook ah, right. than the squash does. So right. you make the squash bigger, it'll let it take a little longer. And then it's spices like cinnamon and nutmeg. You could use pumpkin pie spice. You could add cloves or allspice. Baking spices, basically. Right, like right. You would, you know, I prefer cinnamon, nutmeg, and maybe a little allspice. Ground, obviously not whole. Yeah. Does that turn out to be approximately the same amount of sweet potato as it is squash? Yes. Okay. Okay. I use walnut oil. Okay. You could use regular vegetable oil or some other oil that you really like. I don't recommend olive oil isn't the right flavor. Right. Unless you use the really light olive oil, the yellow, like the really yellow one. Yeah, that doesn't have much flavor. (laughs) Right. And it's a tablespoon or two of the oil is all you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And two to three tablespoons of brown sugar. Okay. And that's to taste because if you want less sugar, you can go less sugar. The yams are going to make it sweet anyway. Right. And this is a Ziploc bag recipe. And why? what I mean by that is you put everything in a gallon-sized Ziploc bag, close it, and mix it all up together. Right. Okay. So that you don't have to be stirring something in a bowl. Yeah. And worrying about it falling out of the bowl and 
making a mess on the counter and and having something else to wash. <laughs> exactly. Now I don't. That's a spoon and a bowl. I don't have to wash. Exactly. Right. Right. I use a round casserole dish, not a flat baking dish, but a round Pyrex baking dish. Yeah. Sometimes I add chopped pecans. Oh. And I save some of the chopped pecans that are going to go on the top later. So I put it in the oven. It's like. 375 maybe or whatever temp you have it you have to have it at to cook anything else you're cooking at that moment (laughs) the temp is like anywhere between 300 and 400 you're going to be fine that's the nice thing is you can add it to something else that you're already doing and just if you've got Mm -hmm. it on a lower temp it takes a little longer well this sounds like something you could do in a dutch oven too over a campfire yes you can and i was going to say that sorry (laughs) if you're camping you can put this in a dutch oven you can actually do this in a skillet if you have one with a lid right and you just stir it low low heat and stir it occasionally so that you don't have anything burning and sticking to the bottom of the pan right but keep it covered as much as possible so it's an adaptable recipe and i will tell you how i would make it camping i have a vacuum sealer uh-huh. Those makes those little vacuum bags. They are a boiling bag. That means you can drop that bag in hot water and reheat whatever's in. Yeah, that really intrigued me when you suggested that because that's a great like. There's a whole non-oven <laughs> way to reheat it, it. So if you're if you're short on oven space, exactly. I do a lot of my because I do more tent camping than RV camping these days because I no longer own one. Right. I don't have an oven. I pre-do a lot of my meals and freeze them, and that helps my cooler stay cold, too. Oh, right. Yeah. But I make it ahead of time. I put it in the sealing bag, and then when I'm at camp, heat the water, drop it in until it's hot all the way through. That's a great idea. The only thing you lose with that is that you're going to cook this covered until everything's tender with a knife, poke a knife in it. And then you're going to sprinkle more nuts on the top if you like the nuts mm. and leave it uncovered so that the nuts get a little toasty and oh, the top gets a little, right, the top gets a little right. toasty. And there's no amount of time I can tell you on that except you just watch it when it's all toasty on top and try not to burn the nuts. Those are the best recipes to me yeah, because is because then, like you said, to taste, if I like something a little sweeter, if I don't want something quite as sweet, I love to put in like too much cinnamon <laughs> in my stuff. I like mine heavy on the nutmeg. So yeah, this could be vegetarian if you like, or you could potentially put a layer of bacon on top. I mean, you know, <laughs> just saying or whatever, you know, it's very flexible. If, I were going to add meat to it, I would add diced ham. Yeah, that sounds good, too. You've known me how long now, Peggy? Uh, 30-something years, I think. (laughs) I am very loosey-goosey with my recipes. I made it this way this time. I might add something else next time. Mm -hmm. I use a recipe. That's a great place to launch. I'll make it according to the recipe the first time. And then I do it however I want next time. Right. So when I give people recipes, it's always really loosey goosey. My chicken enchiladas, yeah, this one. a handful of this and some of that. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's that also means it's harder to goof up. I mean, if it's really precise, let's face it: if you're camping, yeah, you may be imbibing in alcohol, or you may not have a full set of measuring tools. Right. <laughs> so these are great for that reason. Right. Exactly. 
that's what I love about it. I don't have to carry all the measuring cuffs when I go camping. Yeah. I, I'm always well prepared with probably more things than I need, but <laughs> I still don't need to carry anything extra. Right. Sounds like a great side dish. That Yeah, for sure. That's not, it you're is, right, not really sweet like the typical yams, but, no. and also a little healthier. Yeah. If you want sweet, add some raisins and chop some maraschino cherries and stir them in before you bake it. Ah. So you get a little more of the sweet. I could actually see putting some craisins in there too. Craisins would be great. As a matter of fact, that might be what I do this year. Thank you. Because <laughs> I love me some cranberry. She does. Well, we have dried cranberries left from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're dried, you can use them for a long time after. Put them in, mix them in there, and they'll puff back up again. Yeah, well. And you also, if you put them in one of those vacuum seal bags, you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about them getting stale. True. <laughs> There's no air getting to them. That vacuum sealer thing has been one of the more useful things I've bought. I mean, yeah. we use the heck out of that thing. I do too. It's great. Money saver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it money really saver is. for sure. And it does work really well with camping stuff to just drop whatever into the hot water. Yeah, that's a great idea. There, I don't think we use that idea often enough. No, but we could. Right, we will now. (laughs) Technically, as a tent camper, one option might be if you're really, you know, like out in the woods or you know where there's not power, you could have one of those power like a jackery, and now you've got essentially a stovetop, and so you could. Wait, you missed a step. A jackery and oh, yeah, an and induction an cooktop. induction cooktop. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't cook on a jackery. No. Well, you could light the battery on fire. I suppose. And, but that might not be good. Only once. Yeah, right? I frequently camp where I have no power, and I don't have, you know, a jackery or any cool thing like that. I just take things that don't need to be operated that way. Right, you know, right. Yeah. Propane stove, propane lanterns. Yeah, which is the way we've all done it for a very long time. Right. But I, I really do want a jackery because then I can really go places where I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. electricities or anything. I mean, I've already figured out bathroom and shower. and Yeah, even if it's not for an induction cooktop, it's great for recharging all the batteries on your flashlights and phone and all that mm-hmm. stuff so that you can just not have to worry about how long you can stay out. Exactly. Well, very cool. Now I'm looking forward to that. Good. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to make that as a practice before Thanksgiving. I think we should. And those are all things I like. So I might even do the raisins. Might. Wow. Gee. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of raisins. I like raisins, but not in things necessarily. But I think I've been ruined by chocolate chip cookies by biting into them. (laughs) And it's like, those are not chocolate chips. (laughs) Yeah, I like raisins that stay raisins like they would in this yam thing. What I don't like are raisins and things where the raisins plump back up. If you want it plumped up, just use a grape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't go through all the steps of taking the water out and putting it back. (laughs) Yeah, they're really gross. My mother used to make a raisin pie. And that oh, was like now I actually do love it. Raisins. Yeah, I actually oh. like that a lot. <laughs> very, very, very sweet, though. Yes. Sometime I'll tell you about my double cherry pie. Oh, okay. Figure out how to make that camping. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and telling us about this recipe. And with your permission, I'm going to kind of as loosey-goosey as you told it, I want to post the recipe in our recipes page so that people can have the information that they need to make that their own recipe. But it's a good starting point. Absolutely. Great. The two yams and one squash probably feeds four to six people, depending on know how much those people eat (laughs) right depending on what else you have (laughs) Mm -hmm. so thank you for having me thank you very much thank you thank you for your time and hopefully before too many more holidays go by we'll get to spend one of them together and we can swap recipes (laughs) sounds like fun sounds like fun (laughs) all right we will talk to you soon all right bye peggy bye tony bye Well, as usual, we have to, (laughs) I have to turn to my mama to help me know how to cook. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure maybe you've been on every Thanksgiving episode. So thank you for once again, taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Always a pleasure. I always enjoy talking to you. And if I can help somebody enjoy their trip, that's all the better. Right. So we actually will be with my mom as you're listening to this (laughs) on Thanksgiving. But as usual, we like to have a food episode. And since I go home for the food, I mean, for the Ah. love (laughs) and stay for the food, I wanted to get some more pointers. And Today, I think you're going to tell us about some of your favorite desserts that are easy to make and are easily adaptable to camping or home. Yes. Awesome. We have um, a couple of different things that we do, but for Thanksgiving, I think the pumpkin crunch is always a good choice. Oh, yes. You know, pumpkins are Thanksgiving. Pumpkin everything. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So this is a a pretty easy recipe. You can throw it together at home or in a camper and stick it in the oven and it'll be done and delicious. I'm pretty sure that this recipe might even transfer to a Dutch oven and maybe perhaps put it over a campfire. But tell us about it and we'll decide from there. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That would work really good. Well, the recipe calls for one yellow cake mix. Just a dry two-layer cake mix, any cake mix. Tony's favorite. (laughs) One can of pumpkin, 15 ounce. One can, 12 ounce of evaporated milk and three eggs. One and a half cups of sugar, one teaspoon of cinnamon, half a teaspoon of salt, usually spices that you have with you anyway and, and the sugar and stuff to make it, you grease the bottom of a 9 by 13 baking pan, Mm -hmm. cake pan. You're going to mix the pumpkin, milk, eggs, sugar, cinnamon, and salt together. Okay. Okay. And make kind of like a pie filling or a pumpkin pie. Right. But you're going to pour that into the greased pan. Okay. And then you're going to sprinkle the two-layer cake mix over the top of it. That's just Just a dry dry mix. You're not making the cake. You're just putting the dry mix over top of the pumpkin. When you get the cake mix sprinkled over the pumpkin, you can put on some pecans or walnuts or whatever kind of nuts you enjoy Mm -hmm. or leave them off altogether. For Aunt Kathy. (laughs) 
<laughs> or for my son. <laughs> and then you drizzle a cup of melted butter. Oh. Drizzle that over the whole cake mix. You just over top of the dry mix. A cup is like two sticks, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Man, it's this a is... lot of butter, but that's what makes it right? so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had me on yellow cake mix, but this is sounding, it it's almost sounding better, Amish. Huh? Amish. <laughs> yes, it's very, anything with butter or bacon is delicious. Right. You drizzle the butter over top of the cake mix and bake it at 350 for 50, 55 minutes. You'll know when the cake is browned and golden. And then the the pumpkin will be set up just like a pumpkin pie. Oh, man. So are we having that on Thursday? I'm not sure because (laughs) my daughter is making the dessert. Oh. Oh. Which daughter is that? All of them. (laughs) Not this daughter. Yeah. And I know what she's making, too. (laughs) The other idea for the same kind of cake, once you have the crunch cake, you'll see how delicious it is. Right. So if you're going to do this at home in February or next June After or After the pumpkin runs you out. Want a dessert, <laughs> then you go out and pick rhubarb out oh, of the garden. Oh, yes. And you have four cups of diced rhubarb. And I just dice rhubarb when I get it from someone and stick it in the freezer. Right. And I take out four cups of frozen rhubarb and dump it in the pan. Okay. And then on top of that, I sometimes put miniature marshmallows. Huh. And sometimes I don't. Okay. It all depends if you want the marshmallows. You use a three-ounce red jello. Okay. Strawberry is always good, but if you had a raspberry or cherry, as long as it's red jello, <laughs> because that's what's going to make your rhubarb pretty and red. Okay. One and a half cups of sugar. Oh, and these you're just sprinkling. You've got the rhubarb in the pan. Sprinkle it with the jello and or miniature marshmallows. Sprinkle it with one and a half cups of sugar. Sprinkle it with a two-layer dry cake mix. Okay. And then you pour one cup of water over top of this one. Okay, you don't have to have the butter? Oh, yeah. Then you're going to put the butter. (laughs) The water and then the butter. Oh, yes. It's got to have butter. Okay. So a half cup to a cup of butter and just pour that over top of all of it and stick it in the oven. And bake it at 350 for an hour. That sounds, that sounds really good, good too. too. That is very good. Yes. I know strawberry and rhubarb is usually a good combination because rhubarb can be really tart. So you, yes. you want a lot of nice, sweet stuff to go with it. Right. Except marshmallows. The jello will make it red <laughs> and the, the sugar will sweeten it up some. But yeah. it's the cake on top that really... That makes the crunch. It just makes it so good. Yeah. And then you know you can always put Cool Whip on top of either one. Well, of course. (laughs) You have to have Ready Whip or Cool Whip. Yeah. Or ice cream. Well, there you go. Yeah. Great ice cream. When you turn that that. into a summer recipe, for sure. Yeah. Right. Super. So that's what I have for an idea for you. Those both sound really good. They both are things that I think would 
translate really well into putting into a Dutch oven and baking over some, you know, embedded in coals or yeah. like if you're brave, even over a campfire, but I don't haven't had the best luck. Well, I do fine with our propane campfire, but when I try to cook over an actual wood fire, I kind of make a mess. <laughs> oh, maybe you can't keep the temperature at three. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to keep an even temperature. So I made a pizza one time that was completely scorched on the bottom. But <laughs> yeah, but. If we hearken back to camp boredom back in March and April and May of 2020, where Tony and I got our Dutch oven and our propane fire pit out and really learned to bake in that thing. Yeah, it worked out (laughs) really, really well. Yeah. Oh, see, that would work well. Right. So that gives us alternatives. And these are both things I think would hold nicely if you made them at home before. There's no reason you can't pre-make them and eat them Whenever you get around to it. Yep. Absolutely. Wow, that sounds really good. I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are terrific ideas. And once again, of course, thank you for helping round out our Turkey Day menu. And we look forward to seeing you on Turkey Day. For sure, yeah. Okay, I look forward to seeing you. By the time everyone's listening to this, we will hopefully be digging into some well, maybe not dessert if people listen at 8 o'clock yeah. in the morning. But hey, yeah, it why always not? goes out at <laughs> 2 in the morning. Not have so. dessert that early. <laughs> Although I don't see why not. Dessert is good at any time. Right, for sure. Right. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you very, very soon. Okay, I look forward to it. Bye-bye. Thank you, bye. <laughs> well, we're back. Hopefully you're hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, notice we didn't do turkey this year because we really did a lot about turkey last year. Right. We talked to a lot of people about different ways to cook a turkey. So if you still need some tips on that, go back a year and check out our episode from last year. Yeah, I'll put a link to the previous Thanksgiving episodes in the podcast notes at stresslesscamping.com. Usually we play a couple of ads or read a couple of ads on each episode. But this week, Peggy did a whole article about Black Friday deals from our partners. As you know, on our discounts and deals page, we have a lot of partners who work with us to get discounts for you or give you discounts when you shop all year round. And right now, a bunch of them happen to have Black Friday deals or Cyber Monday deals or holiday deals or whatever. A lot of them go till the end of November. So there's an article that I put together all of our partner pages that have special deals going on right now. So if you are wanting to do some shopping for the holidays and you're not sure where to shop, check out that article. And if you find something that you thought you might want to buy anyway, this is the time to look at it. Yeah. And one of the things, uh, if you're a new listener, first of all, welcome. We're thankful that you're here. But know that the people who we've chosen to be on our partners page are people from whom we either regularly buy things or would buy things. They're not just anybody but they are people who we have a lot of trust in their products and or services yes one of the newer features on stresslesscamping.com is the daily rv review and my gosh not only have you all been finding it and reading them so hopefully we're providing some value to you there but some of the rv manufacturers have been sharing those reviews in particular keystone thank you christy and rockwood and flagstaff thank you Alyssa. we really appreciate 
all the attention that that section of our website has been getting. We're thankful for that. And this week, I decided I'm going to spend a week looking at my favorite camper vans, Class B RVs. And so we've got a whole string of Class B or camper vans, hashtag van life. (laughs) So that's the place. And these are all ones that I really like. There are a lot of camper vans. And this idea came to me when I was writing, I still write RV reviews for RV travel. And I found a Class B camper van and I really really disliked it oh and it made me think you know there's there are some companies out there that are really doing an exceptional job and so i wanted to bring those to the forefront and and share those with you and some of them are surprisingly affordable and some of them are really exceptional and there's a few there that are pretty fancy so something to go see at stresslesscamping.com you'll just see our daily rv reviews and a little something for everyone who's interested in a class b yeah yeah van life Last week, I asked if anyone would share games or fun activities that they enjoy doing or playing when they're camping. I have to say we have most of these games, so... <laughs> yeah, we like games. I feel like we're in the in the in crowd there. Finally. Finally. Some of the recommendations were the game Yam Slam, which is one of our favorites. Mexican Train Dominoes, also fun if you've got the space for it. It takes a yeah, little bit of space. that's true. Zilch, Liar's Dice, Pass the Pigs. Now, I've never played that, but I think it looks like a lot of fun. And I think we might, that might be next on our wish list. (laughs) Also, Phase 10. My family plays it both with dice and with cards. So there are different options for that. And Ticket to Ride, of course, that mixes the love of camping, the love of travel with the love of trains. So that is one of our favorites. If you don't know, I absolutely love trains. In fact, the bed and breakfast that we used to own was made out of railroad cabooses, real railroad cabooses. We even got to go to a train show this past week. We did. Probably not trains that we're going to take camping, but... No, no, that's true. maybe to play with at the house. Yeah, we'll see. And this week, my question of the week is, do you have untraditional holiday traditions? (laughs) Well, it used to be our tradition every year to go camping on the coast... Right. And since at the moment we don't have a camper. That was our Christmas tradition. Yeah. Thanksgiving, we've gone camping a lot. A lot of people associate Thanksgiving with turkey dinner, but sometimes people make lasagna. And that's what their family does. And I'm just curious, you know, you know me, I just like to know what other people are up to (laughs) in the world. I'm nosy. And so I'm just curious, Thanksgiving too, but any holiday, you know, all the holidays, do you have a tradition in your family that is kind of different from the the tradition, the stereotype? The Norman Rockwell picture. There you go. (laughs) You can answer that question at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. If you're looking for that, that you can start at stresslesscamping.com and there's a link to our facebook instagram pinterest and the facebook group right while you're on the stressless camping podcast website 
Did you know you can sign up for our once a week newsletter and it's completely free? We have links to stories and videos and podcasts and whatever we find that we think will help you get the most of your RV experience. All you have to do to sign up is visit our website and at the bottom of every page is a sign up form or if it's your first time, welcome and you'll get to see a pop-up and you can sign up right there and of course as you know we never share your name or any information with anybody it's nope, just nope, to nope. send the once a week newsletter and we just do it once a week you'll find the show notes also on stresslesscamping.com this is episode 178 the thanksgiving episode so check out the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com and you can find notes and links including links to our discounts and deals for the best things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure And of course, don't forget all those deals and discounts, particularly this coming weekend for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Absolutely. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, (laughs) it's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. (laughs) And we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And of course, don't forget that a review will help others find this podcast. And the more listeners we get, the better the deals and discounts and the better we're able to serve you. So thank you to those of you who have left a review. In fact, we're very grateful for our audience and the people who listen to this podcast and find our blogs and all of that. I mean, if it weren't for you, we'd just be two people, a couple of microphones blathering on into cyberspace. So (laughs) thank you for making that all worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Your being there makes this all worthwhile and, and we sincerely appreciate you. So thank you again for being there and being part of our podcast family. And we hope that wherever you are with friends or family, that you have a terrific Thanksgiving weekend and thankful camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stress-less camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!